Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. I'm Brandon Russell, online writer here at IFA Magazine, and joining me on the podcast this week is our editor, Sue Whitbread. Oh, yes. Thanks, Brandon. Um, Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Well, we know that being part of a financial advice firm that you can be sure will deliver for your clients, and also that's one that you can be proud of, is really high on every advisor's list, isn't it? Well, Ian McKendrick and Steve Foundfield are both chartered financial planners at Paladin Advice, which is an independent advice firm, uh, an AR of Rosemount Financial Solutions, IFA Limited. Now, that's quite a, quite a title. Anyway, both have really interesting stories to tell, and we're delighted to welcome them both onto the podcast today. Ian, Stephen, thanks for joining us. I wonder, could you introduce yourselves briefly and tell us perhaps a little bit about, about you and what you do? Yeah, thank you very much. I'm Ian McKendrick. Um, I've been uh, in financial services for over 30 years. Um, I'm disabled and I'm a fellow and chartered financial planner um, and we aim to provide uh, financial advice to mainly vulnerable people with a with a bit of a slant. And to Stephen. Yeah, so hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Steve or Stephen. Um, I'm a chartered financial planner as well. Uh, I've been in the industry for a long time, not quite as long as Ian because I'm not as old as him, but um, yeah, <laughs> my first job was <laughs> shortly uh, shortly after leaving school. So I moved into financial advice, working for a big um, big wealth manager at that time. And then, yeah, my career has just progressed from there. Excellent. Well, it would be very interesting to hear what you've got to say. Thank you, guys. Yeah, definitely. And it's great to have you both on the podcast. So following on from that intro, Ian, perhaps, could you tell us a bit about what it was like making that transition from an employed advisor to becoming a self-employed advisor as an appointed representative of Rosemount? And why did you do it? And did you get much support from Rosemount, Rosemount throughout the process? Yeah, thank you very much. So, well, I suppose the uh, the experience is a is a mix of um, uh, exciting, um, petrifying, and um, you know all the emotions in between. Uh, regards Rosemount, what I was looking for was a a business was to um, support what I'm good at uh, because I recognise um, I have a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome and ADHD. So it means that I'm particularly good at my work being a, you know, a chartered IFA, but I'm particularly bad at uh, other things like uh, organising or processing, things like that. Um, the reason I chose Rosebank were I like their sort of family feel. Um, so they're a big organisation, but without being overly corporate. So they're relaxed in their style. And um, the other side of that, though, is that they're ultimately... Uh, sort of ultimately professional and always available for you. They have about four people to every advisor. So rather than with some other people I looked at, there was very limited support or it would take a very long time for a response. They, you know, uh, they were very quick at answering any questions, getting information. Um, and that just works very, very well with with me. And I'm always looking to make a quick uh, response to clients and people we're looking after. So again, if you're already getting that from the outset, just when you're looking at um, sort of IFA networks, then that, that bodes extremely well then for the service that, that you pass on to your clients. How big is Paladin now? Paladin, well, we've got 
uh, we were working out the other day. I think we've got around 15 people that are either employed or work for various parts of the business or, or consult to us already. So what started out was, uh, you know, thinking it was going to be a little lifestyle business that, um, you know, to look after vulnerable people is sort of uh, the support has been so dramatic from people that we've worked with um, that we've sort of no choice but to roll with it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, certainly we we consumer duty now so front and center of everything isn't it i was i was really interested to see that specialism that you have in supporting vulnerable clients uh i guess i've got three questions in in one almost on this one so stephen perhaps i'll i'll start with you here and what was it that got you started on that so if we look back at, at, at the past both myself and ian have previously worked at two firms uh, previously together, so two large wealth management firms where um, originally we were both general IFAs, so effectively helping rich people get richer, which for neither of us was massively motivating. We were given the opportunity at one of the previous firms that we worked at to move into uh, the vulnerable client space, and that was specifically at that time around looking after individuals who had had large compensation payments as a result of either medical negligence or personal injuries. So when that opportunity arose, particularly for me, it was it was perfect because I was becoming slightly disillusioned with what I was doing. And then this opportunity arose. And my background is that I have a, a, a younger brother, Peter, who has cerebral palsy as a result of medical negligence. So for me, the opportunity to move into that space and start helping people um, was, you know, it was it was perfect. So it fit for me uh, ideally, and so that was sort of my motivation to move in there. Without putting words in in Ian's mouth, obviously he's mentioned already his his disability, and um, you know he's tra trained as a counsellor as well. And um, so again, it was just a natural fit for both of us, and in terms of our personalities, what we're like, you know, we're keen to help people and support people, um, you know, which maybe as a general IFA, yes, you are doing that to a degree, but with the vulnerable clients, we really feel like we're making a significant difference to their lives by helping them with their financial planning because the needs that they have, the costs that they have, for example, care costs are really, really, um, you know, they're, they're crucial costs that need to be met in order for them to, to live the life that they want to live. So, you know, we find it very rewarding and it's something that, you know, we've focused on and 100% of our clients at Paladin are people that would be classed as vulnerable. So we really are true specialists. Mm. So I guess what you do is really quite different, isn't it? What, how would you sum that up? It is different. Um, and probably you know, because of the fact that all of our clients are vulnerable, also the fact that we get nearly 100% of our work comes from referrals from solicitors. Uh, you know that, that means that we have to go about things in, in a certain way. We are also expert witnesses as well for the court. So we have another part to our business called Paladin Experts. Now within Paladin Experts, we act for the court to provide expert witness reports around loss of earnings, loss of pensions, and also the structure that an award is made. So you, with a personal injury or clinical negligence award, you have the option to have a, a lump sum only, or you can have a smaller lump sum and an annual income payment. So we give advice around that. But that helps us build relationships with our, our clients at an early stage. So actually, before they 
they've had money. You know, we're, we're building that relationship to support them through the litigation process so that when they come to settlement, uh, we're there then to support them into their life after settlement. And the things that we've built into our business to support them even more so are things like we provide welfare benefits advice to them to make sure that they are getting all of the benefits that they're entitled to. Uh, we look at care funding as well. We have a care funding expert that works with us to make sure they're getting all the, the care that they should be, um, all the funding towards that. We also provide, for example, accountancy support to all of our clients. Most of them are individuals who you know, haven't really got any experience of managing large amounts of money or dealing with tax. So part of our service is that we work with a, an accountant that then provides them for no additional cost uh, to complete their tax returns for them on an annual basis. So we've really tried to structure our business around, you know, providing that holistic support network for them. So it's not just about investments or financial planning. It's it's the bigger picture, really, to take that worry away from them. But just add to that as well is that um, we also we do a lot of vulnerable work. And in our sort of client file, our client notes, we will have a detail of whatever vulnerability that person might be showing. So, for example, um, if you've got a client with a traumatic brain injury, so that affects your frontal lobes, this means that you can have a loss of inhibition, um, you can get overwhelmed easily, you need structure, you need process to be explained, you have poor short-term memory and can forget things. So we'll have notes on there so that we know every interaction has got to be recorded, written down, passed to them, so they've got a summary of it, so they can look back, you know, sometimes a few hours later, um, and remember what it is that they've said. And we'll always invite, you know, members of the family, professionals, people like that into the uh, into the meetings. And we we always say that we're going to, if they haven't understood something, that responsibility lies with us because we've not found a way um, that's good enough to communicate with them. So we'll continue repeating something in a million different ways until that understanding lands with them. Um, and so what we're doing is we're, we're taking away all of the frustration and overwhelm involved with uh, finances that these uh, people can can often face. Gosh, your clients must really appreciate what you do for them. Yeah, and well, and us them as well. They're brilliant. Yeah, that's lovely to hear. So, Steve, Steve, the the, last, the third part of this question really is um, looking ahead to the future, and I wondered what are the plans then? Where do you go from here? Okay, well, the business is still relatively young, so we are, you know, looking to build this business forward and continue to offer, you know, the high level of support that we do. But we're always looking at ways to to improve that. So, you know, we make sure that we have regular meetings as a team to to think about ways that we can improve what we're we're offering. We are very clear that for our clients, service, you know, is 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 really really key. So, giving them the highest level of support that we can do. And as a result of that, we are conscious about not taking on too many clients. Um, so at the moment, it's just myself and Ian who are, you know, the, the, the authorised advisors within the business. Um, and therefore, we're, we're conscious of our, of our capacity because of the fact that we do the expert witness work as well. And, you know, lots of our clients are people that require quite a high level of attention and time from us. We don't want to overburden the business by taking on too many. So we've got, you know... Uh, an idea in mind, you know, in terms of the maximum capacity per advisor, which is maybe 50 to 60 clients, which I think if you compare that to general IFA world is, you know, significantly lower than 
you might see people having a couple of hundred clients, but we feel that our clients deserve and need that sort of level of attention. And they all do tend to be pretty high value as well because they, they tend to be very serious compensation payments. So, you know, typical value, you know, is certainly over a million pound, but some significantly above that. Uh, so, so yeah, so growing the business slowly and carefully, um, not trying to rush things and really just continuing doing the good work that we do and spreading the message of, of supporting clients is really, really key. And, and, and Ian, would you like to add to that? Uh, with the elderly client uh, offering, it's, um, it's a daily occurrence when somebody phones up and they'll say, right, um, my mum or dad are really ill. They've gone into a care home. Um, I don't know anything about local authority funding, what benefits they should be on. Is the care home any good? Will their money last? If it will last, how long it will it last? Um, you know, they don't know of the compensation scheme limits. They don't know about continuing healthcare funding. They don't know about Section 117 aftercare support if their family have been um, uh, sectioned in the past and their care can be provided for free of charge. So um, I've built a pretty good offering so far, but I'm always tinkering. So I've, I've got sort of an offering that would allow somebody to come in um, and they'll go through an elderly client uh, process. So they'll gain access to all of that expertise in one place and then they'll have a, um, a report uh, and it will have all of the actions that they need to take, what to do, how to do it um, and how to go about it. Um, and then they can choose to take that to their current IFA or they can use us or um, quite often it's actually signposting that it's uh, they need legal advice. And these are the points that they need to make sure they've covered um, things like that. So um, quite a lot of our expertise comes from. Uh, outside of finances, sort of, you know, generic financial mm -hmm. advice. So I'll give you one example. Um, had a client come to me who was um, running out of money. Her care bill was over £100,000 a year. The compensation money was running out. But because of our specialism, um, I identified that uh, she could qualify for continuing healthcare funding. Yes. And we managed to get her a £600,000 um, back payment plus 100,000 plus a year in care funding. So, you know, having that expertise, um, and that's just one example of, of many, um, really seems to make a difference to, you know, to clients because you have to be immersed in it. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Unfortunately, we are rapidly coming to the end of this conversation. So if I can come back to you, Ian, could we finish off by touching on the ethos and ethics of Paladin? How important is this to you? And more importantly, how important is it to your clients? Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Uh, I suppose to put it succinctly, um, we aim to always make the right decisions by our clients 100% of the time. So no matter our own personal circumstances or what's happening in the world or anything like that, we we're confident that 100% of the time we'll make the right decision based on our clients' sort of unique set of needs and, and circumstances. So, and that drives all the way through the business. Um, I've got a side goal, um, which I don't even know I've told Steve about yet, but um, I've got a side goal that uh, I want to give the million pounds to charity over the next 10 years. And um, what that will allow us to do, it means that um, if we grow and we're successful and 
continuing uh, to grow in the in the right way, then uh, you know that's achievable. And I think also we're being you know we're attracting a lot of attention at the moment, and advisors are wanting to come and work for us. And the first things that uh, we're saying to people are, they're your clients. And uh, if you ever change or if you ever move, we're helping you to, to move them so they get a great experience because uh, that's not always the case in the financial industry. And that's, uh, you know, that's not putting the client first. So that's something else that's, you know, really valuable to us uh, in the longevity because we figure that if you're a good person and you're kind and do the right things, then, you know, you sort of get that back in spades from, you know, other sources. And Steve, is there anything you wanted to add to that? Not a lot more to say, I don't think. Otherwise, we've we've kind of coined the phrase of uh, of your needs above ours uh, with our clients, because that's very much what we're we're trying to do. We're just trying to look after those clients in the right way, tailor the approach uh, to each individual client. Because the good thing about you know owning the business is that we're not answering to anyone other than ourselves. So therefore, you know, we can go above and beyond for our clients every single time. Um, making sure that we're looking after them and there's nothing restricting us you know even if it's something that costs us money you know that's fine you know we want to do the right thing by the clients and you know that's why we're both here oh steve ian thank you so much for coming and telling us today about the business and what you do my goodness it takes it takes know your client to a wholly different level doesn't it that i'm sure will be really interesting to our audience today to hear about the, the holistic service. And we often hear about that, that word used, don't we? But this truly puts it in perspective, I think. And for the section of the community whose needs, let's let's be fair, are quite often overlooked. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for telling us about it today. It really is very inspirational. And, uh, and I'm really glad you took the time to, to join us today. So thank you to both. Thank you. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research, and whatever necessary, legal advice, should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.